0: Everybody loves second helpings. So pull up a chair and enjoy this encore presentation of the Chef's Table. Welcome to Chef's Table. I'm Jim Coleman. Every time I use Chinese five spice powder, I think of my time in China. I'd pass by the spice stalls in the market, and it was a chef's idea of an expensive perfume. Those amazing aromas. Michael Crondall explores the spice trades from its early days to our hunger for something new in his book, The Taste of Conquest. He says there are three great cities of spice. Well, I would say the three great cities of
1: spice are Venice. Uh, and Venice was the great kind of controlling power of the spice trade, at least in Europe, until about 1500. Then Lisbon takes over for about 100 years. And then Lisbon gets wiped out. Uh, Financially speaking, that is. Lisbon gets wiped out by the Dutch around 1600. And the Dutch pretty well have a monopoly of the spice trade from about 1600 until mm, maybe the Napoleonic Wars until about 1800 or so. Are they still important, these cities, as far as spices go? Well, you know, it's funny. I was just looking at a package of imported saffron yesterday, uh, imported from Iran. Who do you suppose imports it? The Dutch. (laughs) And we're buying it here, right? How does the history
0: impact the way we eat today?
1: Well, I'm not sure it impacts the way we eat today so much in the United States. It certainly impacts the way that people eat in Holland because there they still are eating tons and tons of spice. The only way I think it impacts what we eat today or what everybody eats today is that as part of the process of the spice trade, you had the Portuguese who – when they were dominating the spice trade in the 1500s would take these ships they would take them around the Horn of Africa these pepper ships and then they would end up in India now along the way very often they stopped in uh, Africa they stopped in Brazil oddly enough if you look at the trade winds that's the best way of going and these pepper ships on their way to get the pepper would often bring new world foods to South Asia. So the way, you, for example, you have uh, hot chili peppers, hot chili peppers in India, hot chili peppers in um, Thailand, places like that. They got there on the black pepper ships that uh, were empty at this point that the Portuguese were um, sending all the way to the Far East. And does it affect the way we trade today? The way it affects today's trade is – in a sense, completely different than it used to be, because at this point, the biggest importer of spices is the United States. Believe it or not, we eat more spice overall, or rather we import more spice overall than anybody else does. The Indians eat more spice, but they don't import all that much of it. They mostly grow their own. They actually export some. So... We have become the spice uh, importing capital of the world in much the same way we are the uh, petroleum or oil importing capital of the world. We just consume a lot. What is rice and if we come full circle? Well, what the rice is is a very odd sort of a – these days it's almost like a takeout thing in Holland where you'll go to the equivalent of a takeout Chinese restaurant or a takeout Japanese restaurant, something like that, and you will choose – five, 10, maybe even 15 dishes, which are all of Indonesian origin, but they're not really Indonesian. Their origin is in Indonesia, where the Dutch, Indonesia was a Dutch colony for uh, 400 years. So the Dutch would have these big dinners and these big dinners were based on wedding feasts, sort of Indonesian wedding feasts, except that the Dutch happened to like pork a lot. And, of course, the Indonesians, being Muslim, wouldn't have had any pork. It also wouldn't have had these wedding feasts every night. So, anyways, the rice Tafel was more or less like a wedding feast or wedding.